When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the Knapsack File Studios in Studio City, California, this is Spotlight Star Wars. I'm your host, Ken Knapsack. For a weekend edition of A Little Look at the Star Wars Universe. Here we go. It's good to be talking to you all. Thanks for following me uh, on my adventures in Star Wars. Say goodbye to Jedi Alliance on Monday. Uh, The show was okay. Wish it would have been live, but that was my fault. Some uh, issues with the... uh, uh, the use of the uh, name of a certain brick-based toy company uh, got a little strike on the channel, and then that meant, meant we couldn't be live for a while. So my last episode of Jedi Alliance was not live. I was a little disappointed, um, but the show came off uh, okay. And I uh, got to say goodbye to you all, and uh, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for following me on my adventures. Over the last year, uh, talking Star Wars with you alongside uh, Maud Garrett, of course, uh, helped me, uh, when I say helped me create the show, we created that show together uh, after we uh, were given it uh, by the Schmoes and uh, what eventually became Popcorn Talk Network. So couldn't have done it without her, and it was great to have her there closing out the show with me and a great lineup of guests. The show will continue if you're listening to me now because you're thinking this is the only place you're going to listen to Star Wars. Don't do that. Go to Jedi Alliance. Follow uh, the new hosts there. It's going to still be a great show and a celebration of the greatest saga ever told. But I get to continue celebrating with you here one-on-one on Spotlight Star Wars, which I do as part of the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Other shows on there, though at times it doesn't seem it. I've been really busy trying to do some big life changes in the last year, uh, last month, I should say. Um, and uh, so I haven't been able to get to the Knapsack Files, and, and I'm always up, and uh, Alicia Lone's Film School, which was long overdue. Uh, all that stuff is, uh, is coming. Bear with me. Right now, it's me and you talking Star Wars. And uh, the big news kind of... I can't say it's news, I guess it's hot, hot rumors that everyone's talking about, is it looks like Star Wars will be coming to the small screen, live action style, but not to network TV, not to ABC, as you would think with their Disney connections, but to Netflix, which of course makes sense because the Marvel Universe has come to the small screen via Netflix, the very well-received Daredevil, and then you got some other shows coming up uh, this year in addition to a new season of Daredevil uh, coming streaming to uh, Netflix. So Star Wars, if they want to do that, Lucasfilm, Disney wants to do that, that seems like the perfect place to do it. That is the wave of the future, children, where your TV will be watched. And uh, network TV, as it slowly... Uh, not, I don't think it fades out yet, but they've got to figure out how they're going to make it different um, and how they're going to compete with, um, you know, everything uh, that Netflix and Hulu and all these kind of streaming services have to offer. 
And uh, believe me, other stuff, YouTube channels are going to be starting uh, switching over, doing that kind of stuff, stuff too, streaming stuff. That's the wave of the future. But what do I think about Star Wars coming to Netflix? Uh, not, not so much coming to Netflix, but Star Wars coming to the small screen in a live action form. Now, of course, with Clone Wars, now Rebels, uh, two versions of Clone Wars, I might add. Um, they've uh, We can't forget droids in the 80s, right? And the Ewok adventure cartoon uh, in the 80s, too. You can't forget that stuff. Is that canon? I don't know. Is Are the Ewok t- made-for-TV movies canon? Have we determined that? Have they been listed anywhere? We should probably find that out. Um, live action. Star Wars live action to TV is the question. And do I think that can work? And is it something that I want as a Star Wars fan? Surprisingly, uh, no's not the answer for me, but it's a very question marky yes. Yes? Um, it's something about the live action aspect. Do I think you can tell Star Wars stories over TV, over episodic television? Of course I do. I love Clone Wars. I've grown to appreciate Rebels. Um, but the problem is both of those series have been inconsistent at times. And that's not a, a knock on the people behind it creating it, who I, I believe, like I've said before, Dave Filoni is a, is a genius. And Simon Kingberg, uh, he knows Star Wars and is a great caretaker for the brand. It's it's just it's television. It's long form. It's it, it's over the arc of several episodes. So you're gonna have some episodes that aren't as good. Some that don't meet up to your standards as either a creator of Star Wars or a fan of Star Wars. And and Clone Wars is a great example of that. And I'm not just talking about the Jar Jar episodes. I'm talking about more than anything. More than anything, the episode in which or it was like a four episode arc actually, in which like one of the main villains was a was a shark. Like an actual shark in a uniform. And then you had the one with the, the frog was like a Republic officer of information. And it's this little tiny frog. Like it was a Disney character. Like it was Mr. Toad's wild ride through Star Wars. And that kind of stuff exposed um, a little inconsistency in, in the quality of the show. But it was overall, you know it. I love Clone Wars. Overall, it fit in. And I, and I think you can tell those stories over... Uh, uh, several episodes in a season. Rebels got there at the end, and I think it had a promising start for season two with that uh, little mini movie they released this summer. And looking forward to what they got in Rebels. But live action, I don't know if I'm on board fully. I have a little bit of a, a lack of, of faith in what they can pull off week to week with live action Star Wars. Now, we know in the past this was planned. Rick McCallum always talked about, hey, we had uh, the, the scripts written for a live-action Star Wars show. This is around the time of the prequels. And he was talking about how it was going to have to be like a $50 million an episode budget, and it just wasn't worth it, and they just couldn't do it. And yeah, that was back in, uh, like I said, prequel times, early 2000s. Well, guess what? Television and how television is made and how television is produced and, and, and marketed and received by the fans has changed dramatically. Over the last 10 years or so, I think you go back to Sopranos kind of breaking the mold and becoming appointment television on something that wasn't just straight network TV. And you kind of go up to where we are now and, and Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and Walking Dead and, and uh, now you have this stuff going on on Netflix and Hulu and all these kind of streaming shows and the fact that you can watch them, a lot of them all at once. Again, it's all changing. So do I have 
is now the time to do a Star Wars show? Yes, now is the time. Could they have done it in, in the early 2000s? I don't think they could have done it. However, when I think about it, going back to, what, 2003 or four, you got Battlestar Galactica. And I think I look at what Battlestar Galactica did, the, the, the remake, and I, I look at that and I think, okay, you give me that in the Star Wars universe and I'll be very happy. Again, I, I, it's not that I don't want it. It's not that I don't think they can do it. It's just 13 episodes, 10 episodes, 20 episodes. How much are you going to do of Star Wars? And how much stories can you tell? And, and will it come off, uh, since it's live action, will it come off as seeming like a TV show? Some of you might be shouting at me, well, Daredevil's very cinematic. Uh, the Schmoes No guys just interviewed Stephen tonight, the showrunner of the first season of daredevil and he talked out we they was it was like a movie shot and an approach like a movie i i think you can do that with star wars but uh, the hesitation you're getting from me is i just wonder 13 episodes uh, a batch let's say and we stream it and it's a 13 hour movie basically um is it going to hit all the points? Is it going to, is it is it going to be just too much? Or do we have too much going on as Star Wars fans to take in now? Can you keep up? Uh, and this will start to expose some stuff. The Marvel comics, which I am overall giant fan of what they are doing with them, as I've said before. But there's some times where it the stories don't hit. The stories get a little weird, and it's just stuff that isn't uh, it doesn't seem to belong in the Star Wars universe, or at least I'll admit not not belong in my Star Wars universe. And that, that sometimes, like I've said before, the problem with new is you, we have all have our own individual expectations of what we want from a Star Wars property. And when it doesn't hit those expectations, we start to complain. Um, so, will I sit and watch a live-action Star Wars show? Of course I will. And do I want it to be awesome? Yes. Do I think they can do it? Yeah, yeah. I think they can do it. I'm just a little scared. The next question is, what? What will they talk about? What will they show? What will the stories be? A Star Wars live-action TV show. Uh, do what time period do you want? And I'm spitballing here. I just opened up the microphone today and started recording, so I haven't really thought about this until right now. I'm thinking on the microphone. What time period would I want to see? I think we've seen enough of the Clone Wars, thanks to the series, uh, and uh, the two series. I, I always forget the first one, which is great in its own right. Um, and then Rebels, you got the time period leading up to the, the, the New Hope. And then Rogue One, the movie coming out next year. That's going to literally take us right up to probably the seconds before New Hope starts. We've talked, everyone's talked about Obi-Wan in the desert. And I have not read Star Wars 7 from Marvel. But I believe we're starting a bit of an Obi-Wan um, thread. And I might be flashing back to some of that stuff. I, I, I haven't read it yet. I have to go actually get it today. Um, so do we want a U, Ewan McGregor, Ewan McDonald, a Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Netflix series? Do we want that? Can that story stretch 10, 13, 15 episodes? Do you want to do 13 episodes of Obi-Wan on Tatooine? It might be easier to shoot from a production standpoint. You just get one kind of location. Um, I'd be intrigued by it. I'd rather see that in a movie. Ah, but everyone's saying, you know the time period we want and what would be great for TV is the Old Republic. And you know what? Yes. 
I'm not steeped in Old Republic knowledge like my friend Christian Harloff is, host of Jedi Council. I am not steeped in Old Republic like a lot of you are. I've never played the Knights of the Old Republic game. I know. Stick a lightsaber in me. I'm done. Um, but I did read the first Bane novel earlier this year. Um, looking at it right over here on my shelf. And um, by Drew Carpishan, and um, I was continue ready to continue reading this series, and then all of a sudden all those new canon novels exploded, and I had to kind of keep up with that kind of stuff, uh, which I did finish Dark Disciple. We'll come back to that in a minute. But uh, the first Darth Bane book, um, I I loved, number one, I'll say that, and I'm uh, sorry, I'm reaching for the book now here. Um, and it is uh, Path of Destruction is the first one. And it is, it the whole time I was reading it, and I would be communicating with Christian Harloff via text, because uh, he was the one who got me to read the books. And I'm like, you know what? This would be a spectacular HBO type of series. So if that's what we're going to get, if that's the rumors of the Star Wars going to Netflix with possibly several series, but we're talking about the first one here. Could it be The Old Republic? And I think that's the best thing to tell the story over the series of episodes, if you're following me. Uh, like I said, the, the Obi-Wan in the desert, uh, 13 episodes of that, 13 hours of Obi-Wan just kind of wandering the desert, waiting for Luke to get old, uh, get older. I, I don't know. We've seen the Clone Wars. What do, we, do we want another Ewok adventure? 13 episodes of that. Do you want some droids? Do you want some rebels? Do you want Rogue Squadron? Ah, there's a possibility. The Adventures of Rogue Squadron, over 13 episodes, I could buy into that. But it's got to have staying power. It's got to tell a story. It's got to explain things in the Star Wars canon. And I think Old Republic is my choice if I'm having the vote. Again, I'm thinking on the fly here. Give me Darth Bane if you want to go beyond that and go farther and uh, and all those kind of uh, Darths from years of, of of old. Fine, do that too. Darth Revan is is an option too, but uh, the Darth Bane. I'm going just reading the, that book, Path of Destruction. If you want to adapt that in some kind of a fashion, get Drew on it. Uh, get some great writers who are steeped in Old Republic knowledge on it. I am on board. I think that's the best way to tell the Old Republic story over live action. Series of three movies? Yeah, absolutely. You could do that too. But that's a lot. And that's movies that probably wouldn't even start showing until 2020, 2021, 22. If they're they're doing this Star Wars thing now, I think. Uh, give me 13 episodes or 10, whatever you want to do. Stream them at once for the Old Republic. And that is my choice. That is my vote. Unless you want Yoda and the younglings. That's right. Yoda and the younglings. Yoda teaches all the young Padawans. It's it's like a Harry Potter. It's it's comic comedy. I'm sure it'll be hilarious. Yoda and the younglings coming this fall on Netflix, right? I once pitched a romantic comedy movie on Schmoe's No featuring Mon Mothma and Crix Maydeen and maybe throw an Admiral Akbar in there for an awkward love triangle. Give me that over 13 episodes. Maybe I'm kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'd watch that too. Crix and Mothma coming this fall on Netflix. There's so much you could do. So much you could do. I just saw Mark Ellis of Schmoe's No tweeted out uh, uh, 13 episodes of uh, The Wacky Adventures of the Moss Isley Cantina, kind of like Cheers. And Joseph Scrimshaw tweeted back, it should be called Sorry for the Mess. I'm there with that. Coming this fall, Netflix, Star Wars. 
Uh, sorry about the mess. Uh, cheers type show. I'm there for that. What are your ideas for a show? Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars and send it to me at Cadnapsock on Twitter and we'll talk about it. Uh, I'll, I'll read some of your tweets next week when I when I kind of uh, do a show. Next week's Spotlight Star Wars might move a day or two as I got the Schmoes No After Hours show and I'm starting my new gig over at Screen Junkies, which I can now finally announce. Can't uh, can't announce the full details of that, but I can announce that I am over there. Um, so hashtag Spotlight Star Wars and pitch me your Star Wars Netflix series. Uh, assuming that is a go, assuming it's 100%, I think it's still in the rumor news phase, uh, but I think it's going to happen. I want that Old Republic series. That's how I want the Old Republic story to be told. As I mentioned, I finished Dark Disciple, the book by Christy Golden, and one of the latest, uh, I believe it is the latest new canon novel. And it, it centers around uh, Jedi Master Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress. And they are sent on a mission, or actually Voss is sent on a mission by the Jedi Council to uh, go basically a, a state-sponsored assassination attempt of Count Dooku. And that's where the story starts, and I won't go into it. This is not a spoiler review here. A lot of you are still catching up on the canon novels, and there's a lot out there already to choose from. But I will say that Dark Disciple is very good. It is uh, Lords of the Sith. Is Lords of the Sith? I gotta say that right. Lords of the Sith by Paul S. Kemp is still my favorite so far of the new canon novels. I can't wait for Aftermath in September, of course. Dark Disciple is very, very good. Christine Golden did a great job adapting the stories that were supposed to be told on the Clone Wars. This is supposed to be a Clone Wars uh, cartoon arc. Uh, that Dave Filoni uh, kind of created. He did not think he'd get to tell this story, and now he does, and he did. And Christy Golden brought it to life in this novel, and it's very good. Sometimes it reads, uh, and, and that's not her, she, her writing style is great, but sometimes you can just tell it was adapted from a treatment, and sometimes you can just kind of see the episode play out. And It's got a little bit of a romantic comedy aspect to it, believe it or not. Um, which at times is perfectly fine, and uh, there are a couple times I um, a couple times it was a little bit too much for me uh, the the romantic comedy angle, but um, it gets good, it gets dark, um, and it and it talks. It's it's set in that Clone Wars time period. It's it's set before Revenge of the Sith, and uh, Quinlan Vos has always been one of those characters, very popular in the expanded universe, so popular that he, he got George Lucas's attention, and he, he makes a reference to him in Revenge of the Sith, and of course he was featured in the Clone Wars series um, in terms of canon, and, and he fought his way into canon, Quinlan Vos, and so he's an interesting Jedi. We are we're definitely drawn to those Jedi that... Um, that are a little bit of the rule breakers, the ones who kind of bend the Jedi code uh, as they see fit. And Quinlan Voss is definitely one of those guys, and this this dives into it. And and, and Asajj Ventress is Ventress is a very popular character, uh, uh, created and uh, introduced outside of the movies. And I believe the hype. I love that character. There's a lot there to that character, and this book is really. For me, just as much of an Asajj Ventress story as it is a Quinlan Voss story. And and you definitely need to check it out. Definitely you should check it out. Uh, if you haven't read Lords of the Sith, go to that one first, then pick up Dark Disciple and dig into that one. It's a good read, a uh, quick read. Um, and um, it's interesting. And I like I like that we're, we're still telling stories in the Clone Wars era. I think there's a lot more to tell. 
in the Clone Wars era, and I think that's why the Clone Wars cartoon had uh, had some staying power. It could go the five and the six of the lost seasons and all that stuff, because there's a lot of stories to tell, and they did a great job introducing new characters to the Star Wars universe and, and watching them uh, kind of grow into popular characters, Ahsoka Tano being the best example of that. Um, so, uh, that's going to be it for this week. I've got to get out of town. As you may have uh, heard, if you've been following me in other forms of social media, I quit my job of 17 years and, um, the day job that wouldn't quit. And I have, uh, moved on to Screen Junkies. I'll be producing some stuff with them and, uh, I'm heading out of town. I'm going to go relax. I'm going to go read some Star Wars comics. That's right. Star Wars 7. I'm going to finally read that. And um, go from there and come back and celebrate Star Wars with you. Uh, Again, do me a favor. Thanks for supporting Jedi Alliance over the last year. I appreciate that support. I know Maude always did. And um, go continue. Please listen to Jedi Alliance and the Popcorn Talk Network. And uh, check out uh, Jedi Council with my friends Christian Harloff, Mark Ellis. And, uh, and I, I believe I have to look at it. I just saw an Instagram photo. It looks like Maude Garrett's got her own uh, Star Wars show on SourceFed, which is amazingly awesome because Maude is such a passionate and knowledgeable Star Wars fan. And what she uh, doesn't know, she researches and learns and teaches, and I think she's doing that with lightsabers in one of her first episodes. I saw that picture on Instagram late last night, so that is awesome. I'm so happy for her. And I'm happy for you guys that you and I get to continue talking about Star Wars in this fashion. Spotlight Star Wars. Don't forget to tell me on Twitter, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, what you want out of the Star Wars Netflix series. And you know what? That uh, could could mean that you're just agreeing with me, that you want Yoda and the younglings. Until next time, this is Ken Napsack for Spotlight Star Wars. May that Force thing kind of remain with you always.